Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Good news and bad news all around, not just here at CryptoTalk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Welcome. My name is Leister. I'm your host. Welcome back. If you're not new, welcome if you are. I say good news and bad news all around because a lot happened. Most of it personal, some of it in the business, some of it in the world space. I'll do my best to cover as much as I can. I want to kind of keep it trimmed though. Some stuff happened that I'll touch on and I'm not going to go deep into it because I don't want to derail what's happening here. But first, let's get into some numbers. I think this is important. I'll give you a quick personal and numbers is right, right immediately after that. So I have a van. It's sitting out front of my place. I paid well over $3,000 for this van. Not, and I didn't buy it. It's for um, rent. So the van is for me to get the hell out of here. So the fact that I have the van, that's progress. The funny story on this though. So I, for this, it was the only one where I could get it. The only one available. All the other ones are out. I needed the van of size. I didn't want a full truck because they're hard to control. I don't want to do it. And I don't have a lot of stuff. So everything I have, I've already assessed it. Everything's going to fit in this van. So I'm like, yeah. So I go down. It's like a freaking slum-like place down, down way yonder. Hard to find. Get in there. It's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. It's in a tiny, I can't even call it an office. It's like a closet. And he, you know, he does his business and then he gives me the amount. He's like, yeah, it's thirty two hundred dollars Do you want to put it on your car? And I'm like, no, nah, I'll do cash. And he looks at me like I'm nuts. He's like, cash, are you sure? Of course, yes, cash. So, you know, like I do, I mean, that's how I roll, bro. I pull out my stack of cash that I had been carrying around because I had been carrying around this particular stack of cash knowing this day would come. Cash is king. So I, you know, I do like the uh, trick daddy video. I'm a thug, you know, and he, uh, he's got to go. Good. that segment and he slaps down stack of cash and then walks out that's what i did so i slapped down the cash and so the guy was counting it and he was he actually they were some of them were crisp bills and he was like stunned it just it was a fun i can't express to you the feeling of cash paying cash for things and just being done with it no plastic no nothing so 
I do this. Okay, we do the van. I had to do an Uber to get back up to it. No problem. I got the van, got it here. Checkmate. We're good. All this. I got it for seven days. The plan is I should be able to get out of here starting Friday, maybe Thursday, but starting somewhat Thursday, Friday. Get on the road. Take me probably two days to get where I'm going. I've settled that I'm just going to have to go where I'm paying the other place. I'm I'm sick of it. I got to get out of here. It's not an option. The Paul Blart mall cop's going to show up here momentarily. I'm not doing it. So I'm just going to hit the road and, and deal with it. I was practicing driving it. It's not fun, but it's fine. I'll deal with it. A little bit rickety, but whatever. So I'm planning to get the hell out of here. Finally, I have to, I got a uh, shipper for my two cars. They say they'll be here Thursday. Hopefully they'll be here Thursday. Cause that's the only thing that holds me back is getting the cars out of here. When I get the cars up there, it'll take them four days to get there. So I should be there sooner than earlier. Once the cars get up there, I'm going to do some body work on the one I don't want to keep and then put it up for sale. And it's already registered in that place. So I don't have to worry about title registration. I've already got a clean title in the whole nine. So then I'll be able to recoup at least some of the money that's been sitting in equity on this dude. So that's what my week looks like. Now, separately, my endeavor, I'm on the verge of kicking them to the curb. And you're wondering if you've been listening for a while, how can it be such? So here's what happened. I'm a straight shooter in the world of sensitivity, and I'm never going to censor what I do because I've learned doing that does not, it doesn't make anything easier. You're just delaying the inevitable. So I speak my mind, and if people are not doing their fucking job, I'm going to call it out for what it is. So, so I, I take very, I'm very serious about this. If I have a job, I expect everybody around me to step up, and I'm very competitive in this regard. I want people to get at least to my level. You don't got to surpass me, but at least get to my level. And I see people just dragging their feet. And what I see in the pattern is I'll call out that stuff's not getting done and everything's an excuse in return. There's always an excuse return. And then the person that I report into on this, now I'm 1099, I work for myself, but I report into from a structured perspective, says, you know, you got to show respect, got to be respectful of people. You know, you can't cut them off. I know they talk slow, but you so listen. It's not personal. None of this is personal. It's not about hatred or dislike. Like, I don't bring emotions in the workplace at all. When I'm calling these things out, it's because stuff needs to get done. It's not getting done. Back in my day, it used to be that we were told, you know, you need to have a tough skin. You can't take that personally. The, the work needs to get done because the work's not going to go away. The work don't care about your feelings. So focus on the work and you never have a problem. I'm the only one that's really focused on the work. So everybody else... They'll pat themselves on the back for worthless stuff. And I'm like, over here, I got a pile up of stuff that needs to be done that's priority that can't because I'm dependent on other people that don't work. So what I said after having this conversation and getting this chat, after I'm trying to call this all out, I'm done. I'm not going to, I'm not going to change. That's number one. So since I'm not going to change and that's what they want me to do and they're not going to allow me to keep people kicking people under under the table, okay, I'll just walk because I'm not going to be in their way. I'll do my own thing. So I've been crunching the numbers. I've got enough money sitting in the bank that I literally could go without working for a year. I don't want to do that. And so I'm working to line up another client. I also reached out to my other second endeavor that was supposed to circle back on, you know, re-engaging so that I can get another one lined up and just move on because I'm not going to, again, that's not going to work. Now, I say this and I share that simply because depending on how this all works with this getting out of here, I'll be in a place where it'll be a little bit easier to go all in on what I'm doing on the podcast. So at worst, I can just go feet in and say, screw it. I'm just going to do this and make it work. 
it'll take a little bit more effort to build out the brand and, and physical space and things, but I'm willing to do it because I'm not going again. I said this on an earlier, if you knew you didn't hear this, I said, nobody's going to tell me what to do because I work for myself. I'm my own boss. Let's get into some numbers now in cryptocurrency because it kind of relates to what I just ranted about. I'm looking at coindesk.com simply because it's the cleanest chart I prefer to look at. And I like to look at mostly Ethereum just for giggles. Ethereum went on a run. I'm looking at the month chart, by the way. Ethereum went on a run. The run was triggered off of mostly Bitcoin, from what I can tell. There were some events that happened that contributed to this. However, if you look at the month chart, it's still in stark red. What that means is that money did flow back into the total cryptocurrency world. It went from $1.05 trillion up to $1.11 trillion. So we did get billions and billions of dollars flowing into cryptocurrency, largely centered around Bitcoin. However, we haven't triggered a run. And so things still look like they're on a downward trend or a downward pattern and there's still more sales. I argue this may simply be people who are trying to get out of a position where they were trapped as it was going down. And so once they're flushed out, we might be positioned for a run-up. Now, here's largely what I wouldn't say directly, but indirectly triggered some of this push. There were two main events that I'll talk about. Number one is around X, formerly Twitter.com. X got a license out in, I believe it's Rhode Island, to trade and transact in cryptocurrency. You might be wondering, how can that trigger to a bullish sentiment? Well, there are people online, largely in other countries, but online, who no matter what Elon Musk does, it will trigger somewhat of a pump. Them saying that they want to license this as cryptocurrency is validating what Elon Musk once said, which is that he wants X to be an app for everything. He wants X to be not just a social media platform. He wants it to be able to do transactions, including cryptocurrency transactions. He's talked about for ages the ability to do payment processing through Twitter. Now, if you think about, well, what's the value? You got all these payment processors and all this, all this crap all out there. Well, it's actually very smart if it's done correctly. And I caveat, it would have to be done correctly. This goes back for months. This is not a new development. But consider, if you have a Twitter account, and let's say that you're verified, because I would assume they're going to reserve this for verified accounts. If you have a Twitter account and you're verified, but you can now simply do a transfer to somebody else who is verified without having to go through the hoops that you currently do on the garbage apps like a Venmo and Cash App of the world, simply because you're transacting through this platform, how can that not be a good thing? This is what PayPal actually tried to do many, many years ago, and they sucked at it. If Twitter can pull this off under the X brand, it might actually disrupt the business and get rid of some of the garbage apps that's out there that are blocking people's money. The question is whether they can pull it off and what it's going to look like. And they have to sell it to a public that has largely abandoned Twitter when Elon took over. Because remember, Twitter started tanking when Elon took over because of all the people who were upset at the fact that like former President Donald Trump and some of these other toxic, quote unquote, people were allowed back on the platform. I am not making an opinion. I'm simply stating what it was. This this whole situation with Twitter and X.com and Elon Musk has been going on for a long time. This that he's doing, I think, has potential, but it may be held back because of the fact that there were people out there that just don't, they want censorship, they want blocking, they don't want people to be able to speak freely, and Elon is the polar opposite of that mantra so far. I don't know what it means long term. 
I am saying that if you're watching cryptocurrency, and I do recommend that you watch very closely, you'll notice the key things that are happening here. You're seeing it's a completely different world. It's a completely different ballgame here. The other piece of news that caused some of this spike, Mr. Gary Gensler from the SEC took a major L very recently. This L is it's huge, huge for the crypto business. And I'm going to briefly explain what happened and why it's huge for crypto. So what happened is that Grayscale was bidding to do basically a conversion of a trust into an ETF. That's what they were trying to do. And Grayscale is a, I believe it's a, a big money deal. But SEC rejected it. They were going to reject it. They were going to say no. People were waiting on the ruling for the ETF to see it be approved because many of the news outlets were anticipating an approval. They didn't see a reason why it would not be approved because it's about Bitcoin. Then there were rumorings that SEC was going to go ahead and reject it. They go ahead and do the rejection. We start seeing a little bit of negative because it's like, crap, here we go again with Gary Gensler. Recently, an appeals court just ruled. SEC's got to review that rejection. Okay, why did you just reject that? No, that's not going to happen here, brother. It doesn't mean that anything's final. We still have some work to do, but this is huge. If we can get it to where these guys are forced to back down and they're allowed to move this forward, a spot Bitcoin ETF is going to cause a run. I guarantee you we're going to have some major upward if we get this thing pushed through. But pushing back and giving Gary Gensler any kind of an L is always a good thing. What's the reason that this happened? Well, the reason that this happened is the at least the theory that the SEC is not handling cases on a level playing field. Certain cases they're allowing ETFs, certain cases they're not. Certain cases they call this a security, certain cases they're not. Certain cases they call this company doing illegal securities trading, certain ones they're not. And so the, the justification behind this decision was you're not treating them equal here, bro. You're not being on the same playing field. And that's the reason why we think you need to review it because your criteria is not being applied fairly across the board. Time will tell what where this goes and what it means. I think it's huge. I think it's huge and it's worth watching. If you're in cryptocurrency for any reason, it's worth watching. It tells a lot for the future of cryptocurrency. Another brief bit of not quite news, but just an awareness type thing. I did a coverage a little bit while ago on a podcast at CryptoTalkRadio.net for Battle of the Beards. And I talked about the CIO of Ripple going against BitBoy Crypto, a.k.a. Ben Armstrong. Recently, if you don't follow social media, and kudos to you if you don't, but if you don't follow social media, Ben Armstrong, just so you have the background of this, and some of this I didn't even know. So just a history. Ben Armstrong, he had at some point in the past, there he has a criminal record and at some point in the past, he had substance abuse problems and things, and he was involved in drugs and other things, but he also, he had, at a point where cryptocurrency was like right before Prime, he got in where he was able to get a windfall. Allegedly, he lost it or sold it or wasted it, whatever, and then got another windfall, got another chance, and then this most recent, so he's like a multimillionaire, and he seems to have been studious with the money. He spins up this BitBoy crypto turns it into a brand and this hit network and all these things. He spins this up. And if it's giving you a sense like John Schnatter on Papa John's, that's exactly what it is. He creates a business and creates a brand. BitBoy Crypto is the brand, but he does not have full ownership of the brand. He's now delegated certain functions to different people. And he is kind of the face of it in the sense that 
on YouTube. He has the following, and really people dial in for his animated delivery of his messaging. He is very animated, kind of like Alex Jones, let's be honest, and that's what his appeal is. So he has over a million followers. He has a strong TikTok presence. He has a strong YouTube presence. He's decently strong on Twitter. So he's mastered social media. He's been traveling like crazy. And then all of a sudden, we hear that he's taking over or purchasing a cryptocurrency called Ben. Ben initially is basically a dog token. He apparently purchases this from someone called Ben.eth or whatever. And now he realizes there's these issues with Ben.eth. And so he's going to make a V2 and turn it into his own token so that he can do something new and create a new brand off this. And apparently it's his passion. In the middle of this, then we get an announcement on Twitter coming from BitBoy Crypto. This is kind of weird, but it basically says that Ben Armstrong is essentially fired from the brand. He's fired from the company that he helped create. And people are confused, but this is, that's literally what it is because he didn't have sole ownership against this. Well, that happens. Like I said, John Schnatter, Papa John's, it happens. Apparently though, there's more to the story. And I actually chimed in because when they gave the reasons as to why, they basically said, they, they put out things like the, he relapsed and all these things that I don't think they could, they could prove. Like, I honestly don't believe that it was in their best interest to be saying these things, but they did, especially because you're not a, you're not a business, you're not a company. So when you do these things, so <laughs> So now it's going back and forth. And now people are like, aha, look at that. The scammer got the do 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 do. And so I don't, I, I don't follow this. I don't follow those types of, you know, personalities, you know, like on chain. He's, it's kind of like an on chain type thing of just a, a totally boisterous personality that doesn't work for me, brother, but I understand his following and I understand the appeal for certain people that want that kind of a thing. Again, I use the Alex Jones analogy. Okay. So most of people on social media are saying, yeah, he got what he deserved and he scammed and whatever. Do, do, do. So now this, now this has disrupted the web and it split the web because now there's like 30% of people who support him and support the, the coin that he's trying to create or token he's trying to create. And the other 70% are basically saying he got what you deserve. Do, do. And some influencers called out, you know what, look, without him, the brand is toast because they're dialing in to see him. They're not dialing in to see these other jokers. They don't care about them. Nobody, none of them are interesting. They're not going to sell anything. It's not going to go anywhere. It's going to die without him in front of it. But I said, look, I certainly hope that, you know, he he takes this and, and does something with it. I gave the court case of for libel. And just to be clear, some people said slander. It's not slander. You could qualify it as slander because they did a YouTube video, but the written preceded the YouTube video as I understand it. So when you put something in writing, that's libel. When you say it verbally, it's slander. It doesn't really matter because you can't do either. It goes to what you can prove. You can't say things you can't prove that are defamation of character, no matter what. And the way that they approached this, I felt was very unprofessional, and it's going to set him up, I think, with a pretty easy case to sue the hell out of him. And possibly take back his own brand and get a whole bunch of people washed out. So this is has polarized the web as well. So now you got this business of the SEC and Gary Gensler taking an L that gave us a little bit of a run-up. But then you got this business that's got a, you know, it's separating the crypto community. And there's just so much drama, right? There's so much drama. And the cherry on top of all this, though, is Shibarium Shib Boom. Because 
when Shibarium launched, and Shibarium is live, just to be clear. Shibarium is live. It's live and it's working, it's functioning. It's doing what it's supposed, it was built to do right now. People don't understand. A lot of people don't understand. Critical amounts of people don't understand how this crap works. It doesn't work that you can just do whatever and then all of a sudden things are magically going to go to the moon. Doot, doot, doot. That's not the way it works. There's a process to it. You can go and look at every other chart, whether it's Ethereum, whether it's Litecoin, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's XRP, any of them, and see what I'm saying is the truth, which is they start low and it takes a while. It takes a while for adoption. It takes a while to build. It takes a while to stabilize. All these things take a while. What's really happening, though, is you have so many influencers, quote unquote, out there on YouTube land that are causing people to think Bone's going to the moon immediately. They're not qualifying what they're saying by saying things eventually should go to a certain level or greater, but it will take time. It takes time. It takes adoption. There's no guarantees because, as I said, you can create a blockchain now, and it doesn't mean anything unless nobody and people use it. There's building happening on it. There's tokens being released. The vast majority of them are scams. So what? where's the traffic? Where's the activity? People said, well, just stake your bone. Sure, but there's not enough volume for the rewards to make sense. You'd have to put, I calculated about 30,000 bone to make it worth it on a daily basis. Well, that's a lot of freaking money. You're talking roughly, what, 60, 70 grand, probably 70, close to 70 grand just to get some rewards that, you know, to be able to make it make sense because at the lower level, it's not going to make any sense. So what I suggested is you bone is volatile. You can see this for yourself. It's volatile. It's going up and down at a rapid pace all the way up to 145 down to $1.20. It is volatile. You can leverage and take advantage of the volatility by way of arbitrage trading. This is not hard and it's not required. I'm saying that you can. Because think about it. If you bought, because some of these did, if you bought at $1.40, you're pissed off right now. It's sitting at $1.29, even though Ethereum is running up and it's up by 4%-ish, and Bitcoin's up by 6%, and you're wondering, why is this bone thing down to $1.30? That has to do with when you bought, brother. You bought at a peak. You bought when it was peaking up. And you bought at a high point, and that was at a time, unfortunately, when Shibarium had the most hype. Shibarium doesn't have the same height because it's already out and it's not doing anything yet. It will. We don't know when, and we don't know what that looks like, and it's going to take some time. In the interim, we're going to have these sways. We're going to have these price shifts, often of about 10 cents up or down. You can take advantage of this. That's what I'm referring to in the arbitrage trading. Most people, regular routine people, are just regular spot trading when it makes sense. They buy a thing and they sit on it, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that strategy. My only beef is if you're sitting on bone, expecting it to give you $100 per token, anytime in the next, I'd say anytime in the remainder of 2023, that's perfectly viable trade strategy if you're going to do it. I think you're crazy because you're missing out on significant profit opportunities. Now, I say that, and those profit opportunities do require risk. They require you to take a chance but you can watch the graph, and the graph tells you a very clear story. It tells you that right now we're hovering between $1.20-ish and $1.35-ish, okay? If I know there's about a $0.15 cent sway between things, depending on how much you put in there, that means you could take advantage of it. When it goes to $1.20, let's say $1.25. goes to $1.25, you buy a certain amount, wait for it to get to $1.35 because you know it's going to go there because it keeps going there because that's a point now. 
It keeps going there. Okay, once it's $1.35, you sell for profit. You just made $0.10 cents on the token. You could do your own math. So the more that you do this then, and you wait for it to go back down for another buy-in point, because there are times when it goes below the $1.25, now you're doing arbitrage trading. Some might say, if it's only hovering between those two points, what's the point of doing it? And you would have a valid point, 100%. This is where DCA comes in. Let's say you're the kind of person who does want to hold for the long term. Let's say you are the kind of person who does want to stack bags. There's no greater opportunity than looking for the dip and buying a little bit more, but you can still use arbitrage trading strategy to generate money that can be used to buy off dips. In other words, if you bought at $1.25, let's say, and you sell at $1.35 and it dips down to $1.20, you're going to be able to get more tokens if you were to buy back in at $1.20 using that same money, that same profit you just did. I had somebody come back and they said, yeah, but capital gains do, do, do capital gains applies when you cash out the fiat because that's when you gained something. You don't gain anything until you sell it out to fiat. That's when it applies. You do have to report it on taxes, but the report is basically a net because you haven't had any major gains. If you bought at $1.25 and by the time you do the filing, it's about $1.29, you don't have very many gains. You don't have to really worry about it. And if you had a loss, it actually benefits you on the tax forms. See, I describe all these things, and I'm not a tax professional, but I'm telling you, it's up to you which way you go. You can buy at whatever and sit on whatever. That's a viable strategy. You can arbitrage trade and profit off the volatility that's going to be here for a while. That's a viable strategy. What you shouldn't do, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children over the ages of 18, is look at the current price of $1.29-ish and say, Shitoshi's not doing anything it's all a scam. It's a mean token. This is a this is a crap token. Da, 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 do, 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 do. And just simply understand, it takes time to build to whatever it's going to be. Whatever you choose to do as your trading strategy is up to you. But this is going to take time to take shape. It's not going to happen overnight, nor should it. You have to be patient. Some of you have listened to the influencers out there who pumped you up. They pumped you up to believe a thing. And I would argue some of those influencers, not all, but some of them likely used you as exit liquidity when the thing pumped up to about $1.70. They used you as exit liquidity. Why do I suspect and likely am right that this is the case? Because that pump of $1.70 and beyond happened in the beginning of the month, just before the Shibarium was about to be released. And then all of a sudden, we see it dip all the way back down to a dollar ten middle of the month within a span of a week and a half, we went from a dollar just shy of a dollar eighty down to a dollar ten. What does this tell me? This tells me that at least on one occasion, somebody told somebody something because they wanted to use them as exit liquidity. Will it happen again? Absolutely. So what are you going to do about it? You can sit on it as long as you're calm and you understand that's going to happen, and you just wait it out for whatever it's going to be. That's great. I support that. You can DCA in when it dips that low. That's great. I support that. You can arbitrage and benefit from the price shifts. That's great. I support that. You can do whatever you want to do. I have no qualms about it. But we have to stop saying that because Shitoshi is not talking a lot, that that's causing price negative. This has nothing to do with Shitoshi. This has nothing to do with, it doesn't even really have anything to do with Shibarium. This has to do with the fact that there were people waiting to dump off you because they pitched a video on YouTube telling you, that you need to buy into this to the moon, doop, 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 and you fell for it. That's what it is. So create a strategy of your own. 
Buy because it makes sense for you, not because somebody told you to. You've heard me say that if you listen for a while. With the Shibarium situation, it had natural hype. We knew it was going to become a blockchain, so that was going to create some natural hype. Where it went south for people, I believe, you've got to understand that a blockchain is, I said this about Seifu, a blockchain only makes any damn sense if there's actually activity on it, things being built on it, people actually using it, Does it serve a purpose? We have crap tons of blockchains, people. There's crap tons of blockchains. And many of them get active use. They get active built utilities and that kind of thing. But some of them don't even have really tokens to speak of, like Cardano. Cardano doesn't have very many tokens that you can trade. I mean, it has them, but not nearly as much as you might think. It doesn't have very many utilities either. It's just kind of there, effectively, which is why its price movement hasn't shifted significantly. There are others like this. My point only is if you're going to get into something, do it because it makes sense for you. Don't do it because somebody told you to. Don't do it because somebody said it's a good idea. Don't do it because somebody says going to the moon, do, do, do. Don't do it because somebody put a dollar amount in front of you. Do it because it makes sense. And this bone, I argue, at some point will be a thing because they've told us it's going to be a thing. But that there's a lot to that. There's a lot of conditions to that. There's a lot of ifs that have to come true. We have to get activity on the thing. We have to get the wrapped bone, which apparently is going to be a thing. We have to get applications built, and we have to get people using it. All of these have to be a perfect storm. There's also the renounce and listing on the exchanges, but I think really the strong precursor is going to be actually use of this blockchain. But whatever it's going to be, that's got to play in. We have to flesh out if there's any sort of security issues or any sort of vulnerabilities. We don't know if that's there. Because if those happen, it's going to hurt sentiment on the project, just like it did for Cardano when it had its issues. So I'm not naysaying anything and I'm not telling you not to do it or what to do because I can't. I'm just saying, I think a lot of people are overreacting to something that they see and they're making assumptions about what it's going to be or not going to be. And all I'm saying is, phone will be something. It, it cannot not be something. It will be something, but it's going to take a while to get there. Even now with Ethereum going on a little bit of a run, you don't see anywhere near the pushup of a bone. And this is largely because Shibarium doesn't do anything yet. Once it starts doing something, that's when you're going to see some movement. So be patient. Meanwhile, you don't put more than you can afford to lose because we don't know what's asserted on this. But you can also just do arbitrage trading, if that makes sense. Or you can sit and hold on it, if that makes sense. Whatever makes sense for you. It's, it's all about what you want to do and what you want out of it. At the end of the day, we got more money into cryptocurrency overall. That can only be a good thing. The next step is getting more. And I know that seems simple, but that's what it is. We need more. We got a little bit. Great. Some of those probably came back in that had dumped out. Great. That's still recycled money. We need more. We need new. The total we targeted before was $1.21 trillion. So we got to hit at least that amount before we see any significant movement in any direction. Meanwhile, as just a quick side note, I would encourage you to keep your eye on Bitcoin Cash because Bitcoin Cash had the largest jump of all of the different tokens that's out there and the largest jump it's also going to have arguably the largest crash because people are going to sell this bad boy because this run up was substantial it went up like 30 bucks so if you're dealing with bitcoin cash just realize you know make sure you take profits if you are in it because i don't think this run is going to last very long it is to your benefit and i think it's great i'm saying that i don't think it's going to sustain i I personally don't think it's going to sustain i think we're going to go back down Others like BNB, I think we're going to go on a run here soon. 
I, I'm almost confident BNB will go on a run because of all the stuff that happens there. And I do think that Ethereum is poised for another run. I just don't think it's going to be as strong. It, it won't sustain for very long. It'll go back down before it goes up again. Bitcoin, same thing. I think it'll sustain for a little bit, go back down before it goes up. I think 2024 is looking good, people. We just got to wait, buy time, and be patient until we get there. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that will say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.